biohacking, performance, mastery, mindset. This is a show about getting better every single day. The Hack Life with Joe Levin. Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another great episode, an in-person interview. Again, I was just at the Biohacking Congress event with all the biohackers and all the top health and wellness experts in the world, and I got a chance to sit down with Harris Khan from the DNA Company. If you remember a while back, maybe like three months or so ago, I got to sit down with Kashif Khan, also from the DNA Company. We went deep into... DNA, but also, and what they do differently than like your average 23andMe test. And he actually, Kashif actually goes over my DNA. And so I'll link that up in the episode, but he goes over my genetic profile and, and really why it's so important that we should all know our DNA at this level, at this very detailed level, then compared to something like a 23andMe. So because of that, Harris and I went a little bit deeper and took some other routes. We talked about things like why cardio could kill you based on your DNA. We talked about hormones a lot. We talked about why the optimal time for males to lift weights, the importance of DNA with female hormones. We talked also a lot about the work that they're doing with professional athletes and some of the cognitive things that they're doing to put athletes into peak zones. Really, really interesting stuff, guys. I'm excited to drop this episode. So without further ado, check out my main man, Harris Khan. And before I meant, before we get into jump into the episode, be sure to also check out the Biohacking Congress. These folks are great. They're putting on some amazing, uh, it's, it's an amazing really platform and venue for all the top health and wellness experts. I've never been disappointed. And they've got plenty more events all around the world. If you go to biohackingcongress.com, you can check out. They got an event coming up in Boston this year, Florida, and Austin, Texas. So if you're in those areas, be sure to go check them out. Without further ado, my main man, Harris Khan. Hey, what's up, guys? Joel Evan here. We're at the Biohacking Congress event in Las Vegas, and I'm here with Harris Khan from the DNA Company. So, let's talk about DNA. Yeah, um, let's do it. you know, it's funny because there is, you know, we hear everything about like 23andMe, and and you guys are very unique and very different. You mm -hmm. know, I had I was lucky enough to have Kashif Khan on my my podcast, The Hack Life, earlier in the year, and mm -hmm. and uh, from the DNA Company, and we got to actually run my DNA and the. Here, here's an interesting thing. As a health coach and like uh, studying under you know various naturopaths, one of my naturopaths said to me, Joel, listen. He's like, DNA loads the gun, but your lifestyle, mm -hmm. your 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 you know your environment, environment yeah. is what pulls the trigger. Right. And so I've always believed that. And then I kind of just wrote DNA off. I was like, mm -hmm. who cares about DNA anymore? Yeah. What would you say to that? Yeah, I think I think it's an astute observation, right? It is true. And I try to explain it this way. I said, look, your DNA, it's something that's objectively unique about you. So it's a great place to get a objective, personalized understanding of who you are innately. It's a predisposition, right? And it's nothing to be scared of. It's really just saying, well, everybody has instructions. What are your instructions? Yeah. And are those instructions optimal, efficient, or not, right? Then, if you know how your body is innately designed to work, well, if you know, then obviously you're gonna make the decisions to support that, right? You wouldn't want to find out that, you know, you've heard about the great benefits of the ketogenic diet, so you're on the ketogenic diet, then you find out, well, hold on a second, my genetics don't 
suggest that I'll do well in the ketogenic diet and maybe that's why I don't feel good on the ketogenic diet, yeah. right? So we always say, we start with the phenotype. So what's the physical outcome that you wanna address? Do you wanna put on muscle? Do you wanna solve a health problem? Do you wanna figure out the diet that's best for you? Okay, so then understand what are the symptoms? Well, I'm gonna eat like this or I have this problem. Then we say, is there a genetic influence on these symptoms? That's a question we ask. Yeah. And we look at the DNA. Yes or no, more often than not, it's yes, right? And if it's not, there's definitely something outside that's influencing the overall outcome. Then, instead of saying, well, here's the gene that's making the problem and you gotta do this to fix the gene, uh -huh. we don't do that because that's not how the body works. You can't just solve for one gene in a silo. You gotta figure out what the functional impact is gonna be. And it's about the outcome. Right? Yeah. If I, if you, let's, you know, people always talk about the MTHFR gene. Yes. I yes. gotta fix my MTHFR. <laughs> and I always, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, you can fix your MTHFR. Did it solve the problem? No, I still get the brain fog and the headaches. Well, then what did you do? What you're trying to solve is you have a health concern and you've been led to believe that this is the gene that causes it. Right. It's not the case. It's, it can contribute to certain cases. But overall, I wanna solve your problem. I'm solutions-based. I'm yeah. not gene-based, right? Right. So we use the genomics to help us almost like a guiding light, like a compass, right? So, oh, it looks like these are the gene pathways that are influencing my health outcome. Now, what do I eat? What do I do for my environment? What do I do for my lifestyle? How do I work out to solve for that genomic profile that I carry? Yeah. Right, so it's synergy. It's not really about you know, it's, 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 it's working together, right? Yeah. You guys, though, I think are a little bit more disruptive, though, than I've seen from a lot of other companies. And, mm -hmm. and not to throw 23andMe over the, mm -hmm. the, under the bus or anything like that. 23andMe is great, I'm sure, for mm -hmm. like a baseline and stuff. But, like, I just feel like, you know, on what kind of what you're saying, like, you guys are doing, you're, you're doing things that, like an extra step. Yeah. And you're going beyond the uh, quote-unquote obvious, mm -hmm. like, like interpretations. Can yeah. you kind of talk about just some of the things and 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 you know like maybe even have some stories. I know when I was talking to Kashif, like some of like the amazing and like you're talking about this interpretation. I remember him telling me this story about like how he was able to predict like I think someone was gonna have a heart attack yeah. or this person's gonna have breast cancer. And he's like, I told you that was gonna happen. Like mm -hmm. that's crazy to me. Yeah, so yeah, and it's yeah, and it's it's look here. What we're trying to show people is that if you're smart enough, right? So the question is data, right? Data is dumb. It's how you interpret the data that makes it intelligent, right? Otherwise, it's just a bunch of letters and numbers. So what we do is we say, okay, here is the likelihood that this person has a health concern. Like, you know, the, 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 the concern about his, heart, his stroke, in fact, that he had. Stroke, that's right, yeah. yes. He had a predisposition towards inflammation, right? And he, this guy, he was, a, he was like a jock. Like he was super healthy, best shape oh, of his wow. life. But there were aspects of his health that he was doing that he didn't realize was dangerous for him. And I'll give you a great example because you know a lot of the work we do is with professional athletes, right? Yeah. So, so what happened was this individual genetically was more likely to have a lower threshold of sensitivity towards toxins in his bloodstream, okay? Toxins can be anything, mold, smog, pollution, you know, all this kind of stuff. Those are the obvious ones, alcohol. But some of the ones that people don't realize is that free radicals, oxidants, those are a toxin. In fact, they're a very potent inflammatory toxin and they're produced internally. So you produce oxidants mainly when you're breaking down ATP for energy, 
mm -hmm. right? So you break down ATP and the law of physics is whenever there's energy, there's a byproduct. That's why when you burn fire, fire is good, but you also get smoke, which is harmful. Yeah. So you produce oxidants. These are harmful toxins. They can impact your mitochondria and they can do all sorts of things. One of the things oxidants do is they cause inflammation in the endothelial lining of your vasculature, your blood vessels. Mm -hmm. They also harden cholesterol and create what's known as plaque. So here's the thing, and it's, it's the craziest thing. If you're an individual who is more likely to have poor inflammation, inflammatory response, what are some of the things that cause a buildup of oxidants? Well, one of the things people don't realize is excessive cardiovascular exercise yeah. can cause a buildup of oxidants. Yeah. So it's literally the case that some people can run themselves into a heart attack. You know, you kind of think like, that's crazy because yeah. my doctor always says, get on the treadmill, go for a run, right? Exercise, right. And we're not saying that don't do cardiovascular. We're saying be smarter, right? Be intelligent. So for a person who is at greater risk, rather than saying, I'm going to run a marathon or I'm going to do this. No, we're going to switch you from a cardio heavy workout protocol to a weight bearing exercise, a weight lifting heavy protocol. Yeah. Still burn the same calories, still great that muscle development, still great for your health, but less impact on your cardiac output, right? We want to keep that cardiac output, output low. So this guy who was in the best shape of his life was literally causing too much oxidant production. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember I remember looking at his results. I'm like, hey, we got to talk to him because, you know, he's at a high risk of a stroke. And literally, I think the guy called him the next day. He said, yes. hey, I'm in the hospital. I just had a stroke. <laughs> and it was just like yeah. kind of mind blowing yeah. uh, that that was the case. So there's a lot of, the, you know, there's a lot of stories that we have like that, right? And it's really about being intelligent. So the recommendations we give, they're not, I'm not making you jump through a hoop, right. right, to do this. I'm just saying you're doing everything probably pretty good. You just need a few tweaks, Yeah. right? So big thing for males, like I'll give you guys one great example. For males, if they wanna drive optimal muscle production and muscle retention, and they're already lifting weights, if, if they're lifting weights in the evening can be beneficial, but the best time to lift weights for men is actually between the hours of 6 to 8 a.m. Because wow. that's when men actually, you know, women have a menstrual cycle. Men have a menstrual cycle. <laughs> they have menstruation. They have shifting levels of testosterone and cortisol. And what you notice is in the 20, it's a 24-hour cycle for men, and men's testosterone peaks at the hours of 6 to 8 a.m., which is why no when you were young, right, you woke up in the morning <laughs> and something was standing up, right? Something was standing up. And What about so, when I'm old? That, so here's the thing. Okay. It shifts as you get older. Oh, and interesting. Here's the craziest thing. In men, the single most important, what I call fatality factor in men, is low levels of testosterone. Mm. They did a study of thousands of males when they died. And you know what they found was the common factor? Every one of them had low testosterone levels when they died. Whoa. It's the single most important fatality factor in men, low levels of testosterone. Why is it? Because uh, now testosterone, I know it has, they find a lot of it in the heart. Mm -hmm. It has the cardiovascular, uh, you know, benefits. Um, benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's but the why? major, it's the major sex hormone in males and sex hormones don't just, imp they impact everything. Your levels of sex hormones impact your ability to put on muscle, lose weight, your risk of balding, your risk of prostate enlargement, right? It's, it impacts everything, right? And so when you have low levels, you're gonna have low levels of libido, you're gonna have low virility, you're gonna have low recovery. So testosterone is an extremely important hormone in your body and we wanna make sure that males are using the most of their natural testosterone. It doesn't mean I want you guys to go and start pumping HRT or yeah, TRT, yeah. right? Because you gotta be careful. You don't know what your hormone profile is. You could cause a lot of problems, but 
Just this simple hack, you're already lifting weights, lift them between 6 to 8 a.m. You're gonna see more gains, right? Hashtag gains, <laughs> right? Hashtag muscle retention. You're gonna see that and you're gonna achieve better outcomes, right? So these simple hacks are easy to understand once you know what your genomic profile is. And here's a crazy But you're seeing thing. that just, Harris, I just wanna say, you're seeing that throughout all, throughout all um, males, like that's a pretty typical profile, six to eight is like a- Yeah, but what even I'm- Even us older guys, I'm yeah. 39, so like- Yeah, even you're, you're gonna see it. Check your levels, man. Check your levels at 60. You can study your own circadian rhythm. It's uh -huh. a 24 hour circadian rhythm. And here's a crazy thing. Males come in different forms, right? Based on their hormone profile. You've got the androgen dominant Jason Statham, right? Yeah. The big, you know, they're usually bald, but they yeah. put on muscle like no tomorrow, the rock, right? Yeah. Then you got guys who are like, yo, I'm at the gym like seven days a week, two hours a day. I ain't putting on any muscle. What's going on? Yeah. Right? Comes down to your hormone balance. So what we can do is say, hey, here's your hormone profile. Maybe you're estrogen dominant. Right? Mm -hmm. Like me, I, I don't produce enough androgens or hormones, and even if I do, I don't bind them. What do I have to do? Number one, I am up at 6 a.m., 8 a.m., and I'm doing heavier weights, less reps, because mm -hmm. I need to generate testosterone production. Right? So, and here's the other thing. I'm never gonna look like Jason State. I'm never yeah. gonna get the cut look because I don't produce enough androgens, but that's okay because I'm gonna put on muscle. Mm -hmm. And strength is not the same as aesthetics. Yeah. You don't really care. Hey man, if you can, you know, if you can deadlift 400 pounds, who yeah. cares what you look like? You yeah. got strength, right? So we always help, we help, we help athletes, males and females, structure their protocol mm -hmm. based on their hormone profile. And they see the impact instantly. I mean, we work with professional athletes. We did it at that level. Yeah. Where even one second or 0.1 second improvement yep. is like, Gold medal yep. versus silver medal, right? 100%. So if we could do it there, we can do it for anyone, right? So yeah. that's the key, right? You can do it. You can start today and you can see those changes immediately. Okay, that's huge. And you know, one of the things I was thinking about as you were talking though, and, and obviously these are, these are different. Now, I remember hearing that muscle tone is greater in the evening, typically, like your, your body's just normal, like mm -hmm. muscle tone between, I think I wanna say like between two and five, mm -hmm. I'd say. But now that's obviously different than your ability to produce testosterone. Yeah. So you might be stronger in the mm -hmm. evening, but you're saying just, yeah, when we're looking at just testosterone, it's six to eight. Well, actually typically. you get another bump between the hours of five to 7 p.m. for males. So it's not as high as at six to 8 a.m. And remember, muscle tone and water retention is lower during the end of the day because you've absorbed most of your water. And if you're not drinking enough, right? Why do you think people put on those bags and they go sweat out the water so they can get that cut look, right? Yeah. It's that water retention. So. But what we're saying is we want to make sure as a male, you have healthy testosterone levels throughout your life for as long as possible. For females, it's the exact opposite. We want to make sure you have healthy estrogen and androgen levels, yeah. right? And here's the thing, females should not be performing the same workout all 30 days of their monthly cycle, right? right. There's aspects of their monthly cycle where they need to focus on, on, on power and, and putting on that weight then there's aspects of their monthly cycle where they need to take it easy because yeah. they're at greater risk of injury. And then there's aspects where there's, you need to maintain, right? So this kind of personalization can only happen once you understand what your genomic profile predisposes you to. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's what we want to help people understand. Yeah. Very cool. All right. And you just mentioned athletes. So, um, and I know you guys are doing a lot with that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, tell me, tell me more, like what else is exciting that you guys are seeing with just some of the professional athletes that you're right. doing and, and just some of the, the results and, and that you're, that yeah. You're yeah. So, I mean, I, and I, you know, I'd mentioned it earlier in my talk, you know, there's, 
Look, athletes, their biggest thing is, you know, they have that healthy competition, right? And then more often than not, they're competing with themselves. They're always like, I need to be, you know, number one and pushing themselves. So if we can help them personalize their approach and help improvement in rest, recovery, you know, optimization, performing at the right time, it's amazing for them. One of the things we do that's different than just telling them, well, you need to work out like this and stuff is we're looking at their cognitive profile. How mm. are they mentally managing their thing, right? So, you know, it's so funny. Uh, one of, you know, one of the people that I work very close with is Dr. Andy Walsh, who used to be the head of Red Bull High Performance Institute and he's since moved on and he works with like, he works with like Navy SEALs and SWAT and all these kind of crazy people. He's just such an incredible thinker, but he said something that was so profound. He said, the difference between an Olympic gold medalist and everyone else isn't necessarily that they're better, mm. right? Because when you're competing in the Olympics, you're already there with the cream of the crop. You're talking about thousands of people tried to get in and that's the five that made it, right? Yep. You're all elite. Yep. The difference at that level is Olympic gold medalists are simply people who know how to do what they've been doing for four years normally in a crazy environment. Mm. Let me tell you, let me, give you, let me give you a little bit more detail on that. Yeah. Imagine that you're about to perform, you've been doing the same thing for four years, right? Every day, wake up, eat, drink, do what you need to do. Yep. You get to your event and you get a call right before you're gonna perform and mom says, honey, I can't get in. I'm not gonna be able to see you perform. Mm. The bus broke down, they won't let me in, I don't have my ticket. It's gonna affect your mental capacity. You're like, right. shoot, mom's not gonna watch me, right? That split second change is gonna impact that person's performance. So what we teach athletes is look at your genetic predisposition because some athletes are more likely to be affected by that than others, Yeah. right? So if I can help you as an athlete understand, or as even as a person that, hey, you're more likely to respond poorly to stress. You're more likely to perform outstanding if you're invested in what you're doing. You're more likely to have risks of addiction and depressive tendencies. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I'm addressing the cognitive potential of this person, which nobody does. Like nobody says, yeah. let's talk about mental health for an athlete because they're always expected to perform. But they're humans, just like us, yeah. right? They're just like us. They just do some things better than us, but they're like us and they're also impacted by these things. So we teach athletes how to address their mood and behavioral profile. And I think mm -hmm. it's really powerful for them. And they've seen, we've seen improvement in, you know, you're talking about, I've worked with, you know, champion Iron, Ironman champions. I've worked with elite NHL players, the top of the top. And these changes in their cognitive potential was like, they were like, I cannot believe that all I had to do was, you know, in one case I did this meditation program and it's brought so much change in my life because mm. I can manage the stresses of being an athlete better now. And they've seen that performance potential improve. Yeah. That's huge because I, I always think about, I don't know if you know Tony Blauer, he talks a lot about fear mm -hmm. and fear management. And he said the same thing. Like, and, and I think about it, like, yeah, the, the people that are at the top of their game, like they're, they're all like equal in a sense. You're all Olympians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But now who's going to take, who's going to hit the, the stands? You know, the, mm -hmm. to me, it's all up here. It's just oh, yeah. all the mental game. Yeah. I find that fascinating yeah. too, that you guys are taking a crack at that. You think, oh, DNA company. Yeah. Let's talk about genetics, testosterone, um, mm -hmm. you know, speed, strength, you know, endurance. But you're like, yeah, we do that too. But let's look at this, yeah. the cognitive stuff. And yeah. it makes so much sense and how, yeah, you can improve an athlete's performance. If you look at all of the greatest, the great, the, you know, the goats? Yes. Greatest of all time. What's similar? Yeah, they're at the peak of their profession. But look at Ronaldo, right? Cristiano Ronaldo, 38 years old almost now. Yep. Um, it's that mentality. 
Look at Kobe Bryant, you know, rest in peace. Yep. Mamba mentality, yeah. right? LeBron James, Michael Jordan, they had the mentality. For them, they were able to compartmentalize what it meant to be the best. Yeah. And that's what puts them apart from the rest. It's not, yeah, okay, they're performers, but hey, everyone's a performer, right? Everyone in the NBA plays incredible. Yeah. It's that mentality that, you know, that I don't crumble under pressure. I don't crack under pressure. Yeah. You'll see it across any sport, any time in history. The GOATs, it was the mentality that set them apart. So we yeah. help athletes develop that mentality. That's amazing. Other than just like, and like you said, a meditation program, what else would be like for someone who mm -hmm. you can see like cognitively, you're gonna need extra support. Yeah. Uh, that would be me, by the way, <laughs> I know for sure, because I'm a head case. <laughs> so would you, would you, for some people you'd say, you know, Joel, you need neurofeedback mm -hmm. or um, we got brain tap out there. Yeah. Or like, what are some other things, modalities that you're seeing and yeah. that, then they go and perform other than like meditation, mm -hmm. um, you know, there was, they're, they're seeing even better results, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's gonna be unique to every person. And yeah. honestly, it's not something crazy. It doesn't have to be crazy technology. All these incredible technologies, they work, but hey, for some people, I mean, it's like, look, man, I just need you to go sit on a beach for a week. <laughs> like decompress for a yeah, week. That's me right there. Yeah, yeah. and come yeah. back, come back great, right? So the meditation is great, Interesting. but it's about, you gotta find out what makes that person happy or calm. Or if they, can they even achieve calm, right? Mm. What's your happy place? Well, my happy place is sitting on a beach or maybe my happy place is, and here's the crazy thing. You know, we talk about, you know, you listen to all these things, there's haptic feedback, audio feedback. If I know a person is happiest when they're doing downscale, like, you know, snowboarding on the black version, the diamond version yeah. of the thing, that's their happy place. I'm gonna build a program that gets them to that happy place. So maybe with the way they calm down is before they do a t you know something that's stressful for them, they put on the earphones and they listen to the sounds of going down the ski hill, because mm. that takes them back to their happy place. It's that's and it can be as effective as that. Something as simple and personalized as what's your happy place? How do we get you there? Mm. Right. Other times it's, well, Joel, it looks like. Um, you need to structure, you've got something anxiety inducing coming up. The way to deal with that anxiety is to structure something that you enjoy or you find pleasurable before and after. Ah, uh, okay. Right? I gotta pay the bills this month. Before they pay the bills, I'm gonna go see my wife or I'm gonna see my partner. And after I pay the bills, I'm gonna plan my vacation. So this way, mm. you've helped reduce this burden, this mountain, you've kind of made it shorter because you've planned things that can bring you happiness before and after. So it's about risk mitigation, right? What's yeah. your risk and how do we mitigate it? So the solutions, the modalities, the therapies and the treatments are as unique as the individual, but that's the beauty of genetics is you can get down to that personal unique level and structure something that works for them. Yeah, okay, that's really neat. You know what, it just brought up a you know a story that Kashif told me too about Speaking of though testosterone and some of the things you mm -hmm. also do with athletes, I remember he was saying I think a hockey player, a professional mm -hmm. hockey player, you know, he was low in tea, and they were like, "Oh, well, we'll just jab you with more tea," yeah. and it actually, do he he they just jabbed him with more tea, and it actually caused worse effect. He yeah. actually grew man boobs. Yeah, and like yeah. It, it became even worse. So when you then he came and found you guys, and you dialed them in. Yeah, yeah. Like, actually, you need to be doing this, this, and this, and completely, yeah. you know, changed this guy's health. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not always as simple. That's why I always say, you know, it's uh, you, you have to understand the root cause and understand that things don't work in like little silos independent of each other. Everything's yeah. got to work together. So before you make a decision about your health, be intelligent, right? And knowledge is power. And it's also compliance. 
Like the problem with conventional healthcare is you go into your doctor, you say, doctor, I've got a headache. He says, take Advil for six weeks and you'll be fine. Like, okay, I'll do it, but I yeah. don't really know why. Like, I want to yeah. know what's going, what's going on, right? Yeah, why am I getting the headache? Why am I getting the headache? Yeah. So if I say, hey, listen, you've got a, a hyperimmune profile, you, you, your inflammatory response is poor, and it's because of your poor methylation. So in order to treat the methylation, I want you to do certain things. I want you to do X, Y, and Z. Because I've explained to you the root cause of your pain, now you're like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And now that I know why I'm doing it, I'm going to do it, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm going to be a lot more compliant. Yeah. So similarly with this guy, he thought that he had low levels of T and he needed to take more T. It's not that. He was making good testosterone, but he was converting a lot of it into estrogen yeah. because hormones work in a cascade. So if you're going to give a person who's already converting their testosterone to estrogen more testosterone, you're going to produce more estrogen. <laughs> we yeah. got to block the estrogen production yeah. and you can use your natural testosterone. No tea needed. Yeah. All we did was introduce some supplements that helped slow down the conversion and all of a sudden his natural tea levels were back up, right? So it's, it's, sometimes it's as simple as that, sometimes a little bit more complex. But the point is, it's valuable information that you're going to use for the rest of your life. Yeah. Right? So. On that note of, of mm -hmm. supplements too, you know, are you guys still creating, um, do you, so like in that case, mm -hmm. um, are people getting like customized supplements and profiles based on their mm -hmm. genetic needs and what you guys are uncovering? Yeah, see look, our view and our approach to supplements has always been, like, you gotta be intelligent, okay? It's it's not gonna be helpful if you're just taking 17, 18, 19 pills that are like, you don't even know, oh, I gotta take yeah. some antioxidant, I gotta yeah. take some of this, yeah. I gotta take some of this, right? So we've developed formulations that are targeted, very specific, and they're built on analysis of 10,000 plus genomic samples. So we said, what are the systems, root cause systems that we want to address? Mitochondrial support, detox support, sleep support, you know, hormone support. And then we created them based on profiles. So you can get, if you're a male who is estrogen dominant, we have a male hormone estrogen support formula. Mm. And that contains ingredients that are help, they're designed to help modulate and restrict the conversion of testosterone into estrogen. Similarly, if you're an androgen dominant female, you're not producing enough estrogens, we have a formulation for that. So okay. our formulations are intelligent design and we are very hyper specific about how to take them, when to take them, when not mm. to take them, right? People don't realize that if you're taking something to balance your hormones as a female, you shouldn't take that 30 days in a month because your estrogen levels are fluctuating. So why would you take the same dose to manage your estrogens if your estrogen levels aren't the same? Same yeah. with men, right? So these are the things that people don't realize and they're just popping pills every day and we help them understand how you can be intelligent in your supplementation. Wow, okay, very cool. Um, what, what we get? We're down to like five minutes or so? Okay, um, since since we have to wrap up and time is, time is, mm -hmm. time is of the essence, um, anything that I didn't ask you that you, know, you wish I had? Um, Look, I always, I guess my parting advice to people is that, look, it's got to keep it simple, okay? Keep it simple, stupid, because it's, yeah. it's really what it comes down to. It's not difficult to improve your health, but it requires persistence, diligence, right? There's a, there's a great book, I, I, the name escapes me, but one of the most important takeaways from that book is that people who are diligent, they're not superhumans. They're not, you know, it's just that they've built a system that makes it hard for them to fall out, right? It's yeah. that, it's, it's people who are consistent and diligent, they've built a system. So what I would tell people, if you're going to start, if you're really going to improve your health, you need to build that foundation. And that foundation has to include systems that you're going to follow and a support group. Even if it's one person, accountability is the number one thing you should be looking out for when you start your journey. Mm. Someone to say, hey, 
How are you feeling today? Did you do this today? You know, someone who you trust, who's gonna be there to give you that support system. And then start with things that are simple. If I could get more people to just drink more water and sleep before 12 o'clock at midnight, I'd probably solve 60% of health problems, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's here in the West, we're designed yeah. to feel like we gotta work till 12 or one o'clock at night. Don't do that. Yeah. Fall asleep shortly after sunset, wake up before sunrise, half your health problems are gonna go away in a few weeks. Literally, that's it. So let's yeah. start with the simple stuff, yeah. man. Drink water, sleep better. No, I need more testosterone. Yeah, right? Like it's like, don't jump there. Start with that. And guess what? If you sleep better and drink more water, your testosterone levels naturally go up. Yeah. Because your body's an incredible machine and it's responding, right? Yeah. So keep it simple. Don't stress about it. We're here to help, obviously, as, as experts. But our whole thing is about the only way you improve your health is if you are dedicated, you're diligent, and you're keeping it achievable and simple for yourself. I love that. Um, it, you know, it, it reminds me of James Clear from Atomic Habits. He yeah. talks about, you know, you always hear this this quote that you only rise to the highest level of your, not your expectations, but the highest level of your training. Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't think that's always true. I think it's you, raise, you rise to the highest level of your systems or habits. That's right. Which is yeah. what you just talked about. Yeah, so and yeah. we worked with uh, with one of James's inspirations, Dr. BJ Fogg. And okay. he's, we actually work with him to develop tiny, the tiny habits for behavioral change for genomics, right? Oh, so, perfect. So it's, it's exactly to your point, man. Yeah. Like, you know, habits and systems, that's, how, that's what makes people successful. Every single successful person in history had a system that they wouldn't jump out of. Yep. So love that. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, where can people find you and the good folks of the DNA Company? Yeah, it's simple. www.thednacompany.com, T-H-E-D-N-A-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y. Dot com. Um, we do have a promotions happening because of the event. Uh, so for the next week, if you'd like to get $80 off your own personalized genetic test, um, hit us up, You know, send us an email, reach out through us through the dnacompany.com and mention Biohacker Congress that you heard us there uh, and we'll be happy to hook you up with that discount. Boom. My brother, thank, thank you so you much. Being... It was a pleasure as yeah. always, Joel. Thank you so awesome. much. All right, that's it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Hack Life. And if you did, please share this episode on social media and then tag me at Joel Levin Coaching. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so that you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. Thanks a ton, guys, for the support. 